With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest edition of First Down Snapcast. I'm your host, Richard Butler, and joining me tonight is former NFL tight end, Derek Brown. How are you doing, Derek? Doing well, doing well, my friend. Good, good. Um, we'll get straight into it. So, college career down at Notre Dame. Um, your final two seasons there were, by college standards, very impressive in your position. Um, did that... Um, were you... Always confident in your ability, and did it help playing with a great team in Notre Dame? That it made your numbers achieve, made them work well. Yeah, you know, I was very fortunate. Uh, where I went to high school was actually a pretty big football school. So uh, for me, the transition going from college or from uh, high school to college wasn't a huge, huge deal. Um, a lot of guys from my high school went on to play at Miami uh, Florida, Florida state, Auburn. Uh, so we had actually, I played with uh, three of the guys on my team that played pro football. So that really wasn't, uh, the biggest difference, uh, a huge difference, I should say, going from high school to, uh, to Notre Dame. Um, <clears throat> you know, looking back, I, I would have never known that we would be as, as good as we were. Uh, when you look back at the numbers and everything, when we were living it, we were just, you know, punk kids uh <laughs> doing their thing and, and 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 playing a game just uh 
we were there at the right time uh, with the right group of people. Uh, and we were able to accomplish great things. Yeah, you were saying there about the step up now. Everyone always talks about the step up from college to NFL. But determining which high school you come from and which college you end up at, sometimes that can be a greater jump than the actual yes. jump into the pro football, can't it? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, going from college to pro uh, wasn't a huge, huge jump um, as far as getting, you know, being used to the, the all the lights, the limelights, the, the people and things like that, because we played in some really, really big crowds, you know, bigger than some of the pro football uh, crowds that we played in. Um, the major difference, though, is that the talent level, uh, you know, you, you, you know, no disrespect to college, you definitely have stars in college, but everybody in the NFL is a star. And, you know, the biggest difference there that I, I tell people an analogy is, you know, when you catch a football in, in college, you know, and you're running, you get tackled, you know, one, two, maybe three people come and hit you. Uh, in the pros, you could be two inches above the ground and somebody's still coming and just missing you because everybody gets there and everybody's just that fast. Yeah, everyone's, like I said, everyone in the NFL are all elite players to have got there because it's such a small percentage. So that's where your step up comes there. Um, we always talk about rivals in the NFL. Playing at Notre Dame, who was your biggest team rival and who did the crowd always get pumped for more when they visited? Well, I'll tell you right now, uh, <clears throat> Michigan was always a big one. Uh, and during my tenure there, uh, we always played Michigan first. So it was Michigan, Michigan State uh, beginning of the year. But being from Florida, uh, nothing could compare to that, the Miami Hurricanes back then in the 80s. Uh, that was a huge, huge game, uh, as well as USC. And then, you know, once once you become number one, uh, every game is, is, is somebody's there to take uh, to try to knock you off the block. And you are always their best game. So, you know, you have to be you can't take anybody lightly. And uh, you got to be better coming to that uh, stadium with uh, with your game face on and, and ready to go. Yeah, definitely. So going into the NFL draft, you were um, the first in a first round pick and you were the first tight end selected in that draft class ahead of Johnny Mitchell. Now, going into the draft, did you see that as you being the highest selected tight end or did you think you were you thought you were, but you were 100 percent depending on which teams were picking? No, exactly that. Uh, you know, the draft definitely works kind of funny. Uh, truth be told, I thought it was going to be a Redskin at number nine. Uh, no, I'm sorry, number six. Uh, but they moved up from number six to number four to pick up Desmond Howard. So once that happened, then uh, I had been in talks a lot with uh, the Cleveland Browns. I thought I was going to go to Cleveland at ninth. Uh, they ended up picking uh, Tommy Vardell, uh, fullback, and uh, then the Giants. Uh so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 the draft is definitely a pretty funny thing because literally every 15 minutes uh, you have the opportunity or the, the possibility to live in a completely different city, different, you know, zip code, different everything every 15 minutes. I mean, one one minute you could be in, <clears throat> excuse me, in Ohio with Cleveland and then the next minute you're in, you know, San Diego with the Chargers. Yeah, so like you say, going into draft, obviously you do all your combine stuff, so you can talk to all the teams, you've seen the video, you've had all your meetings, but actually on draft night, is it because of domino effect, like you say, they're washing and moving up, is, is the frantic phone calls going around in them 15 minutes from other teams phoning you and your agent? No, absolutely. Uh, fortunately, I, I, I was not in New York for my uh, for my draft. I was in a hotel in Cocoa Beach, my home, uh, with family and friends, but uh, 
yeah, you know, there was definitely times, uh, you know, my agent would call me like, hey, you know, this is what's going on here. This is what's going on there. Uh, you know, I, and I was fortunate enough. I did get the call from uh, Ray Hanley, the then head coach of uh, uh, the Giants, saying like, hey, we're going to select you. Uh, you know, welcome, you know, uh, uh, welcome to, to New York. Uh, yeah, a lot of excitement, a lot of, uh, you know, anxiety, too, at the same time. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. And uh, it is, you know, it is just that, you know, it, it's life changing. Yeah. What was also interesting, I was reading up on that draft, and I've seen a few clips, It both New York teams in the first round selected tight ends as well, with yeah. a Jets taking Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Mitchell, I think he was, he was from uh, Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, great tight end in his own right, very, uh, uh, we were kind of like tight ends of the mold of today. We were a little before a time where speed, we were more like receivers than uh, blocking tight ends uh uh than than they were at the present time. Yeah, definitely I think because obviously the tight end roles change through the years. Obviously we'll just consider that in a second. Um going into your rookie season, what how do you feel it went for you? What were you hoping for to get out of that first season? Well I was hoping to get playing time first, just get on the field, uh more than just uh you know scout team or not scout team but uh, special teams. Uh, you know, back then, uh, that was more the route that players took. It wasn't, uh, you didn't jump right into a starting role, uh, like they do now, but you know, they, they have so much money invested into them. It's like, Hey, we got to get some returns on our, on our investment. Um, you know, that, that's what I wanted. And obviously too, was to, to make a significant impact, be it, uh, uh, contribute basically be, uh, an asset to that team in every way, uh, form. And also, too, I mean, as a team goal was I wanted to have a, a you know, a winning team. Fortunately, that didn't happen. <laughs> we were six and ten. Uh, but, um, you know, nonetheless, I, I did. That's one of the goals I had accomplished was uh, to make it to the NFL. And, and, and I did. Yeah, you say that about, I say, it's all about playing team, playing time. And obviously, it's, like, it's very different nowadays. If you're a first round pick, depending on your position, you're pretty much starting when your season comes around. How different was training camps back then? Were you still, even though you were a first-round pick, did you? St- was there still much of a fight up to make that final fifty-three? Um, not necessarily, but there was definitely uh, a, the difference between training camps now and training camps then. Uh, I'm not gonna lie there; they were they were so much tougher. They were, you know, a hundred percent tougher than they are now. Uh, you know, from what we know now with concussions and things like that. Uh, training camp back then was actually like anywhere from a month to six weeks and we were banging every day and we were getting after it every day there was no such thing as you know uh, uh, where they take the pads off and just uppers of those those really light pads that they wear was just all speed and and timing um, no it was fundamentals we were banging twice a day uh, you know for us it would it would go uh two days of two a days and then one day of one a day. Um, and uh, let me tell you, it was just <laughs> physically demanding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> training camp. And obviously like back then, and like I say, you mix it a bit more, a bit more contact in tr- training camp when there is nowadays. And that Giants team had some defensive players when you were around. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Bash by. <laughs> running too. Just the, the body types were different too, you know, defensive ends, you know, my, my first snap, uh, as a professional was against uh, 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 Reggie White when he was with the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. 
you know, a young Reggie. So Reggie was probably like 305, 310, uh, and had uh, athletic, can run, but these dudes were big and strong. Now, you know, defensive ends, to me, they look like, you know, they're 6'5", 270 pounds, 280, you know, uh, I'm not going, I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to discount them. I mean, they are freaks of nature, but uh, I, I think I can handle that uh, as opposed to one of those big 300-pound uh, dudes. Yeah, yeah, so you definitely some big smash in there. So, yeah, the disappointment of that season for Giants. But the second year, big improvement, not just obviously for yourself, but the team as well. She made the playoffs in that second season. Was was it a cl- going out of the first season? Was it a bit of a because not much too much change within the team personnel going into that second year? So, obviously, that helps all teams. Yeah, so- no, it, it did. Um, with us actually. We did have somewhat of a difference. That's uh, that was uh, Dan Ray's first season uh, with us. Uh, we did have some changes in personnel, but it was also a change really in uh, uh, the philosophy of, of offensive philosophy, especially um, where I became an H back, more like a move around guy as opposed to a stationary tight end. Uh, Aaron Pierce uh, as well, uh, Howard Cross as well. So there, there was a little bit of difference. Um, again, it was you know, as I, as I stated, it was kind of the, it was a transition from old school and new school. So uh, we weren't quite there where tight ends are today by far, but we definitely weren't where they were uh, even, you know, even a year before. In that, so obviously like the philosophy change and stuff and you're saying a bit more of a flexible role kind of thing. How did you find that? Did you enjoy the more movement in the players for the tight end role? I did. I did. Uh, you know, it took a little while to get used to as far as like, especially you had to flex out to a wide receiver. And then if you shift and have to come all the way in, you know, your stamina changes a little bit. Uh, but it, 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 it was, it was neat. Um, also a lot of sets I got to be in the backfield uh, with the, uh, with the quarterback and our sub packages. And uh, what, what's good about that is, you know, it, it, I, I look at it like this and like the older guys always told me, you know, say like the more you can do. Right. So, the more you can do, the longer you can stay in this game and stay, uh, you know, getting paid to play a kid's game. And so being a tight end, you kind of have to know every, every position. You know, you got to know tackle. You got to know what the linemen doing. You got to know what the running backs doing. You got to know what the wideouts are doing. So being in that role, definitely uh, it was demanding, but yet uh, it was rewarding because I felt like I had a, you know, an integral part where I had to, you know, I was able to move around and be versatile. Yeah, and you had the speed to back that up for yourself, didn't you, with the versatility? Because you were obviously quite a lot of speed in your college days and you brought that through into the pro game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so obviously you made the playoff, obviously ended in quite soon in the playoffs. And then going to your final year in New York, probably didn't get as much tight end role as more special teams in that final year. Based on what had happened in your second year, did you feel a bit disappointed and not being used as much in a tight end role in that final year? Oh, sure. A- absolutely. Uh, you know, I absolutely do. Um, you know, you, when you get to that level, become a pro, obviously once you get there, you, you want to, you have aspirations uh, to do bigger and better things. And I absolutely, you know, wanted more than what I got there. Uh, however, you know, it, uh, the philosophy, like you said, like, you know, going to the right team, you know, at the right time, you know, we, we had a change in, uh, in, in, so does in management, so to speak. Uh, I didn't quite fit their particular uh, role that they wanted me in. Um, and, you know, unfortunately that's how it turned out. Um, 
again, it's, you know, it's it, NFL <laughs> football is a business like anything else, um, just like everything else, just like IBM, uh, just like, you know, Google, it, it is a business and uh, you have different management teams and you, you know, they have their beliefs, you have yours. Uh, and it's great when it does come together uh, and, uh, you know, you're able to, to, to accomplish, you're able to accomplish your goal and they're able to accomplish theirs. Yes, definitely. I say it's sometimes, it depends which way it wind's blowing sometimes. It? it can, one minute business can be going one way and then some slight change and it's going anywhere. But they always say for every downside, there's always an upside. And the following season, you were able to be selected for, by Jacksonville Jaguars in the expansion draft. And by being that, obviously, you were selected to be part of the newest franchise and something special. How did that feel for you? Definitely really good. Also, too, being from Florida, being able to have the opportunity to come home and play uh, was definitely huge. Uh, and also being uh, the first of, of organization, uh, and, you know, and we'll go on talk, you know, that year, actually, that's that uh, training camp, even though it was, it was grueling, uh, one of the hardest training camps I've ever been in my entire life. Uh, it, it ended up for me, uh, I was on IR. I got, I got hurt mm-hmm. in the last preseason game. As a matter of fact, it was the, my breakout game. I had like three receptions and two other balls thrown my way, a touchdown. It definitely would have been, uh, I was definitely, uh, I was finally, I found a home. Um, I got hit in that game and ended up uh, broke a rib, collapsed a lung, bruised my kidney, cracked my spleen, some other stuff. Yeah, so, it was quite a very, very serious injury against the Broncos and a lot of concern over your health at the time. Yeah, yeah. And no, I was very, very serious. A lot of internal bleeding. And, uh, you know, I was in the hospital for about 10 days uh, from that. Uh, the only good thing that came from, you know, the positive thing that came from that was the fact that I got to take a year off, build my body up, uh, I got bigger and stronger than I had ever been before. And uh, fortunately, I was able to play another five years after that. Yeah. So it's uh, the, the, in, the emotional part of say, getting that injury. Was there any point in that year thinking, this could be me done? Did it ever cross your mind that you could be done? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I'm sitting in the hospital and I was just like, oh my God, you know, what, you know, like what now? This is A, this is all I know. What happens? And, uh, you know, thankfully, it didn't, I didn't need any surgeries, anything like that at that time, just basically a lot of rest for things to scar up and heal, the scar tissue to heal. Um, one thing, too, I remember I had uh, one of the assistant uh, strength coaches, Jeff Hurd, uh, pretty much worked with him one-on-one through that whole year. And I remember the first day I went outside to do some work on the field for the very first time. And I remember just looking out the field, thinking like, oh, my God, this field looks so damn big. It's like huge. Like, how am I going to do this? You know, and Jeff was like, listen, here's how we're going to do it. You know, I was concerned. You know, I was just like, that was the first time I'd been outside in a long time. First time I'm going to start running. And uh, he said, yeah, we're going to do a little bit today. Tomorrow, we're going to do a little bit more than we did today. We're going to do a little bit more, going to do a little bit more until finally it's not going to look so big. And uh that's exactly what happened and uh, uh, got back in shape. Uh, and I was, like I said, I was able to play and be a part of that, that special uh, 1996 Jaguar team that made it to the AFC championship game uh, in our second season ever. So, uh, you know, that, that stick to itness, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs, you know, I don't care what anybody says, like you can't be totally positive all the time, 
But, uh, you know, even in the down times, I had to lean on some people to pick me up a little bit. And uh, uh, they did. And, uh, you know, I got my mojo back. Yeah, you're definitely right there. So, you see, you had a year off, got yourself fit, and then you came back for probably goes down as Jacksonville's second greatest season in current front in the history. Obviously, yeah. they had the other year when they made the championship game a few years back. But to make it in the second year, was phenomenal with a team of what was built down in Jacksonville. Absolutely. We, we were actually three and seven or three and six. I think it was three we and six, weren't you, after the first nine? We had to run, you know, we had a players only meeting and uh, we said, look, guys, you know, it's up to us. If we're going to do anything here, it's up to us. And uh, then we ran the table and literally became within, you could call it three or four plays from making the Super Bowl that year, you know, a block punt, an interception, and a fumble. And, uh, you know, that game uh, against New England, uh, those things happen. Uh, we'd be in the Super Bowl right now. Who knows who would have beat Green Bay at the time. But, hey, you know what, though, it still, it still would have been a great role, a great, a great run, I should say. And it, yeah. and it was. It was. It was a fantastic run. And like you said, the team spirit to come from that record to still make the playoffs was phenomenal. But then, obviously, the players on your team there was just stars everywhere and also I think nowadays in the game you see all these teams with the stars but sometimes they still they look look after themselves whereas the Jacksonville 96 team yes there were stars on there but you played as a whole not just for Jacksonville Jaguars but for the community yeah I tell you what that 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 team in 96 I always go back to that because to me, that felt like the closest like it was back when we were in college. We were together all the time. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, we had, we'd have practice Thanksgiving Day and uh, we got done with practice, yet guys were still in the locker room. You know, we playing cards, hadn't even showered yet, you know, two hours after the practice. They were just hanging around to play in the, uh, the locker room, uh, playing cards and, and just being together. And then, uh, uh, you know, that's how it was that whole time. You know, we had our camaraderie every Thursday night. We'd, uh, we, you know, go, go to one guy's house. We'd rotate, play cards. You know, the young guys would go out. The old guys would go home. <laughs> uh, but we were constantly together. We, were, we really did. It was, uh, it was a true team. We believed in each other. We trusted each other. And we had each other's backs. Yeah, definitely. How was the, that year perceived in the community like in the community of Jacksonville because obviously the home support for a new franchise was ridiculous I think some NFL teams were jealous of how many fans they were getting through it was amazing so you gotta understand about Jacksonville Florida so Jacksonville you are two and a half hours away from University of Florida you're probably another I don't know maybe within four hours away from Florida State right and then you have Georgia so this is also it's the south they know football, all right? Yeah. And they know winning football as well. So, you know, it, it, to have a winner in Jacksonville, is, it, it's tremendous. Uh, when we beat Denver uh, in Denver in the uh, uh, divisional playoff game, and I remember when we came back, we did a flyover with the stadium. There was 40,000 people in the stadium, and it's like 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> you know, they had watched the game on the Jumbotron. And uh, it was amazing. We get to the airport, you know, they're pounding on the gates and stuff like that. And, you know, screaming, we had a police escort to the stadium and uh, it was, it was definitely something special. It definitely was. And 
also maybe take perhaps from that that it was the in the Broncos game where you went down the previous year to then get that sort of divisional win must have been also quite like full circle for you. Yes, yes, yes. As a matter of fact, you know what? I, I uh, my uh, brother, I have a brother-in-law who lives in Denver, and uh, he was a huge uh, Denver, uh, not Denver fan, but a, a Jaguar fan, obviously. And uh, you know, he told me that that town, Denver, was like shook for a whole year. So. Denver fans can thank Jacksonville for giving you those two Super Bowl runs because had we not beat the brakes off you guys in 96 uh, to wake up that sleeping giant, I don't know if that would have happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely Denver always been one of them giants until like I say a couple of years, but seems to be back in the little, they're back into little doldrums again at Denver now. <laughs> um, another solid year in 1997, Jacksonville made the playoffs again. But Denver obviously raised the head and got the revenge in the playoffs. Um, how was the disappointment from the team that you were able to push on from that AFC game? Or was it, there was a few scenes in the team that a few players were starting to ready to make the moves on and there's a few changes happening? Yeah, you know, there's a few changes happening. But, you know, once you, once you get there, you know, you to, to, get, to get to that game and to get to like a Super Bowl, you got to experience it once very, you know, I think it'd be very, very difficult for any new team, regardless, it could be an old team, but the first time there to, to come away with a victory because there's so much that goes into it. Even though you're doing the same stuff, do your routine and your practices are the same, it's mentally draining. Um, it takes a toll on your body, it takes a toll on your mental. Uh, it, it, it definitely does. But however, once you get there, once you get a taste of it, and then you realize if you have that, you know, some veterans on your team that have been there before, you know, when you realize it, you know, I played not like myself, I played nine years, only made the playoffs three. So that tells you how difficult it is uh, to, 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 to get to that uh, particular game. So, you know, yeah, you know, were we disappointed? Absolutely. Uh, Cause we have been there before. And once you get a little taste, you know, you want to, you want to taste it some more. And that's why we all play the game too. You know, you want to, you know, you don't want to just play, just play it. You're trying to get to the Super Bowl. It's yeah. the greatest thing, you know, the greatest game of all. It's obviously it's massive. It's obviously why you see a lot of players nowadays. If it's not going right from where they've drafted, they're making the moves because they want to get that opportunity. Yeah, say just even to play there, just yeah, to get to that game because the small percentage of people get into the NFL, they're trying to get there, like you say. Yeah, um, no, exactly. In '98, you moved to the Raiders. Any spell came up. Were there any other options on the table? And if there was, why would, did you select the Raiders? Um, for me, there wasn't a whole lot, but also too, you know, to be a Raider was awesome. Uh, and after being there a year, John Gruden's first year was incredible. Uh, loved playing for John. Uh, what you see is what you get. Saying, <laughs> you know, that's how practices were. That's how our meetings were. Uh, you know, being a part of Raider Nation, uh, that that also is obviously a storied organization as well. Uh, and actually, too, you know, to be to be able to play for Al Davis uh, himself as well. Uh, to me, that was an honor. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a chance to live in Oakland, California as well. Um, yeah, no, it was it was uh, it, it, it uh, I think that that move worked out for me. Um, you know, I was there with uh, Ricky Dudley it was me, him. I think we had a kid young guy that they drafted like the fourth pick Jeremy Brigham 
who went on to play a little bit uh, there as well. And, uh, you know, we ended up being eight and eight, but yet uh, I think we were probably just, a, we, we were an injury riddled team uh, that year with, uh, you know, we had, um, uh, was it Jeff George, our quarterback went down, uh, Napoleon Kaufman went down with knee injury. Uh, you know, we had some key injuries that, that knock it out. I mean, again, in order to get there, you gotta be not only good, but you have to have a little bit of luck and that luck comes in being healthy. You know, the team yeah. that's the healthiest is usually the team more than likely that's going to come out on top. Yeah. You've like I say, you can lose a few games on the route to the playoffs and Super Bowl and get there, but you can't replace your talent in players. So when injuries start dropping, you don't have a replacements in every position or if you, your A a replacement goes down, you move on to your B, it mm-hmm. so lowers your obviously level of your team, which isn't the best. But yep. it was an eight and eight season. There was some great football football in that year. And I've seen the Raiders play three times. I've seen them twice in London and once in New York. And I haven't seen fans like theirs. No, they're, they're the craziest fans. They are Raider Nation with the, the pageantry and the love that they have for their Raiders is is, is unbelievable. Yeah, and I've, and they've been through so much because they've been moved so much in the last yeah. 25, 30 years. And again, going into this season, hopefully with COVID now, fans will get to attend in Vegas, but that'll be full. There'll be more people at that stage and probably live in Vegas on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it's cheap flights from California to Vegas, so I don't have a problem. I think they'll be fine. It's cheap flights, but it's expensive once you're there. <laughs> after after you've had a few beers, if you end up in any casinos. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah, my son actually plays uh, basketball in, in Vegas for UNLV, so I have many reasons to go there now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, finish your career with Arizona in 99. Um, emotionally and mentally, how did this affect you? Did you know this would be your last year going into 99? Or was no, it something no. you made towards through the season well you know fortunately actually it was i in 2000 was actually my last year well how i got my my ninth year was i got uh released after the last preseason game going into the 2000 season but then they brought me back midway through the season for four weeks right. that's how i lived in that ninth uh that ninth year um you know was i mentally ready for it no you know because by now i was I felt I was a better football player than in my middle years. Um, I had found a great trainer out there. So physically, I was definitely up to it. Uh, but unfortunately, I was what they call a salary cap casualty where, you know, I was I was smart enough to know that, like in business, everything is cyclical. And the tight end was slowly becoming back in fashion again. I wanted to hang on uh, long enough for to, to, to ride that next wave of, of tight ends and what you see today. Um, however, you know, for my, my minimum salary, you could pay three rookies. What are you going to do? So, you know, it was a business decision. I get it. It's a business. Um, and, uh, I was fortunate enough to play basically three, you know, three lifetimes, you know, with the average career, not being three and a half years uh, of a football player. So, uh, I made it nine. Uh, it was a great group of guys out there as well. Uh, and it doesn't stink to live in Arizona. You know, that was very, very, very good. So, um, you know, I, I loved it. I uh, loved going to work there. Uh, great group of guys. And I uh, was fortunate enough to uh, be a Cardinal as well. Yeah, it's definitely a nice place. Played in some very warm states apart from New York. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Doesn't stink. I, you know, I had a pretty good, uh, pretty good run. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that first year after football, what did you decide to do? What did you think? Oh, I'm not, I'm not playing football now. Did you take some time, or did you need to fill your life with something? Oh, I did. Occupied. My daughter was born in 99, then my son was born in 01. Um, I didn't officially retire. I was about to retire, but then I guess they, they came up with a new rule regarding uh, how they would, uh, uh, the salary cap, how they would apply a veteran's uh, cap number to the cap. So I was like, all right, I had stayed in shape. And I was like, all right, well, even though I was ready to retire, uh, I said, okay, I'll give it one more year. If something happens, cool. If not, so be it. Uh, did not happen. And so I pretty much for the first couple of years, I really didn't do anything. Um, I stayed at home with uh, my wife and uh, we raised our kids, um, did a couple things. And after a couple of years, uh, ended up uh, uh, me and a partner from a friend of mine from high school. I actually, uh, my partner, we opened up a couple of Quiznos sub stores uh, in our area and uh, we ran those. And, uh, you know, went from there to other things, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that transition was definitely, uh, I'm not gonna say it was difficult, you know, probably what it was difficult to some degree. Um, but it was, uh, I was thankful to have, you know, family and, and things like that around. Yeah. It's always a hard one switching over. Have you ever thought since retirement of getting into coaching either at college or NFL or even at high school level? You know, it's funny. Uh, obviously, I did coach my kids all the way up through their, you know, preschool, elementary. I coached my son in football, basketball, my daughter in basketball, up until her to like sixth grade, my son up until like eighth grade. Um, once I was done with that, I thought about it, but I was I was exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> the mental exhaustion of being a psychologist, like a sports psychologist, the kids was just wearing on me. Uh, and also too, I mean, to be a coach too, that lifestyle, um, I was used to being around my family all the time. You know, yeah. I have, I put my head coaches, they're never home. You know, you got to be married to the right woman. You got to have the right situation <laughs> and the right people to support people around you. Not that I, not that I had the wrong ones, but, uh, for me, that was not my path. Um, I, I think that, you know, I can definitely, I can help in other ways. You know, I can yeah. help with motivational speaking. I can help with like right now, I'm an area director or uh, director of operations for uh, a friend of mine that owns like 14 Jersey Mike subs. Uh, and I can reach in and reach out to people and team members that way and help them become better people. And, you know, whether they work for us or whoever, uh, you know, down the road. So, uh, you know, that's, that's how I can get my, quote unquote coaching and and uh yeah uh, you know positive impact on the young lives. Definitely. Um who would you say is the greatest player you've played with and your toughest opponent you've played against? Well um I would say one of the toughest opponents would be Bill Romanaski with Denver uh, as far as like one on one. Uh I hated he was never you know I know he got a bad reputation for being a real dirty, dirty player. Never was super dirty with me, but what I hated was his jersey was so damn tight. It had to taken like three or four people to put his jersey on. And, you know, Stitched football, him in. Oh my God. And and in football, a good block is a good hole. So right towards the, you know, again towards the end of the second quarter, I can finally now start grabbing his jersey a little bit. 
Of course, now it's halftime. So what does he do? He just tightens everything back up again. <laughs> so that was a pain in the butt to try to, uh, uh, you know, just to get to him that way. Um, wow. You know, I was fortunate enough to play with some really great players, uh, you know, from LT to, um, you know, OJ Anderson, uh, Phil Sims, Mark Brunell. Uh, it, it's for me, I can't really just say one because yeah. like I said during my tenure, I was able to see that I was at the end of old school and the beginning of new school. So, you know, I, I, I was in a locker room where guys were on a team for eight, nine, 10, 12 years and didn't go anywhere. There was no free agency except, you know, like plan B free agency. And then, um, you know, and then the beginning of free agency, what we kind of what we see today. Um, so, you know, I'm just I, I'm thankful for that era. Um, I'm thankful that I was able to, to to see old school and 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 new school. So I, I can't really say yeah. one particular person. That's fine. Um, how would how would you see the tight end position now in the current crop of tight end stars as the column? Man, I tell you what, I wish my mother had me about 20 years uh, later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was built for today, that's for sure, Um, I think. Um, What I think, I think, you know, I think offensive coordinators finally got smart, you know, because they they got these athletes in tight ends. You know, I remember, you know, uh, we used to call them dummy routes, you know, whenever they split a tight end out uh, near the goal line. You know, but I was like, listen, man, I am 270 pounds, 6'6", six, six, just throw the ball up. I'm going to block this guy out. He's not going to get to it. You know, is he going to be – it's going to be an incomplete pass or it's going to be a touchdown. And But it's nice to see uh, uh, the, the you know, like what Tony, Tony Gonzalez was able to do and, and Rob Gronkowski uh, to help change the, the, the game and uh, the way tight ends are looked at. You know, now that we're just hybrid receivers. You know, we're big receivers and little linemen. Um, you know, and, uh, now I guess is we're part of the specialty, right? They're specialized. Uh, You either were a blocking tight end or a receiving tight end, you know, uh, I was both, but, uh, like I said, at least I was still part of that transition and, and, and I got paid to play a kid's game for nine years. No, can you can't be, like I said, the tight end position has changed so much in the, like I said, they've probably brought in, like I said, you've got your different types. You've got your Gronkowski's with the power and the, Brute strength, and then you've got players like Hunter Henry, who brings a new dimension to it. Jonu Smith, Kelsey, yeah. they're all they all bring different stuff, but the it's elevated that tight end position to being every team needs to have at least one good one, really great tight end. Now there's not one bad tight end in the starting 32 teams, and some have got two, three. <laughs> yeah, you know it creates mix mix mass mix matches, right? Because you know, they're, they're either, you know, too big for some of the, the defensive backs or they're too fast for some of the linebackers. But then again, now you see linebackers getting smaller and much, much, much faster. Uh, you know, you got you, it, football is an ever uh, evolving game. You know, you got all these athletes out there now and uh, you have these super smart offensive coordinators where they're drawing up crazy stuff. You know, uh, in my day, that that passing tree was a a definite thing where, you know, you ran up 10 yards, you ran in, you know, certain amount of uh, yards, whatever. Now it's kind of like, Hey, just get out in space, get open, stay open type of thing. So, uh, you know, it is, it is a beautiful thing to see. It's still one of the, it's still the greatest sport. I think uh, that yeah. there is probably the last true team sport out there. Yeah. It's definitely, I know they made a few changes to the game this year, like extra game stuff, but it's still only once a week. It's still only for a small period of the year. It's not like, 
now against ice hockey and basketball, baseball, but they go on too long. And they play like three, four times a week, which I know yeah. it's again, again, it's a marketing and money game, but it shows yeah. that the NFL is the most dominant physical game because they can only physically only play once a week. Exactly. And I tell people, I ask people, you know, when we start talking football, I, you know, I talk to people and I say, you know, I ask a question like, you know, that three hour game you watch on TV, you know, how much actual action do you see? And they have no idea. They're like, oh, a half hour, two hours. I'm like, no, you watch about seven and a half minutes. That's it. You know, and it's like, you know, you want to talk about pressure. So if you are watching a game, average get average game, you have maybe 120 total plays of that. Half of those are offense, half of those are defense. And then of that, how many of you are actually responsible for that you're at the point of attack? So it's like, you know, your margin for error is so, so, so small. Like you, there is no such thing as screwing up. You know, mm-hmm. there is no, you know, you do not, you know, if not, they'll be finding somebody else to take your spot uh, very, very shortly. Um, and uh, that's why I, I love football. And the fact that it takes all 11 guys to be on the same page at the same time. Uh, to make a play uh, successful. Yes, it does. Just one final one before you go to... So you're still Jags through and through, obviously, with everything what goes on, and you're a former tight end. I've got to ask you about the Tim Tebow move to tight end in Jacksonville. Hey, look here, man. I when, it fir- when it first came out, we everyone was like, it's publicity, but it, it, it gained legs and he signed a contract. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It could be for publicity, but listen, I, I am all for it. Um, you know, he has a relationship with that coach, you know, uh, he has a history, you know, why not? He's kept himself, he's kept himself in shape. Uh, I will never, ever uh, argue with somebody, uh, A, trying to accomplish their goals, their dreams. And uh, you know what? I'm not going to mess with somebody. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to get in that guy's pocket. That's his opportunity to make some money uh, doing what he knows. So, so be it. So be it. You know, as a matter of fact, I, I will be actually uh, at that game in London, uh, Jacksonville uh, against the Dolphins. So hopefully I will see you then as well. Yeah, season ticket all down London. So fingers crossed it's all going to go well. Disappointed we couldn't see him last year. Um, yeah, T-Boy, he's got the winning mentality. Uh, mate, 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 Urban Mayor's bringing that coach. Winning mentality as well. You've got Lawrence coming in with winning mentality. Yeah, obviously it's a tough division. It's even tough and out Titans have got Julio, but Jacksonville's definitely on the up now, and it it could take a couple of years. But if it carries on the good progression they're going building, it could be AFC Championship game two three years, yes, possibly. It could. it could be, but you know, like as a football player, we say like, why not now? Why not us? <laughs> yeah. There's no rule saying that it has to be uh, two or three years, and. Uh, all it takes is just a group of guys to believe it and to, you know, throw their hat in the ring, as they say. Uh, anything's possible. It is indeed. And that's why we love football. In over here. So it's been an absolute pleasure, Derek, to have you on the show and giving up some of your time to chat through your NFL career. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No, thank you very much, Derek. I'll speak to you soon. All right. Take care. Cheers, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social.
Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.